Welcome to Practically Christian Podcast, a ministry of Sin Church. This is a podcast dedicated to taking all that information you got all up in your brain and giving you real practical application. Hello and welcome to another episode of Practically Christian Podcast. I had a hard time saying that for whatever reason. Hello. For more information, head over to Scent.Church. You can follow us on Facebook. We don't have a Practically Christian Podcast Facebook yet. We should. We should do that. Yeah, but then it, like, it's a whole thing. I'll do it. I'll do it. So, thank you guys so much for sharing, for taking the time to listen, for rating, leaving a comment. Like All that stuff is good things, and I know I can't pay you. But thank you so much for advertising for us. Thank you for not offering to pay them because I would have been upset. Well, I don't, I knew we couldn't even offer, so. Thank you. And here's why we can't offer. We're teachers. Yes. And, and not just regular <laughs> teachers. We are private school teachers. And, and funny fact on that. What? That's what today's podcast is all about. Our paychecks? Yes. It better not be. No, it's not. <laughs> it is about us being teachers, though. See, oh. the... The uh, couple months ago, we went on a field trip to a, a local museum. You went on a field trip. Yes. I did not go on this field trip. No, my class went on it. Um, and they had like rocks and minerals and geodes and like all these cool little things that you could find in the earth. And we were we were correlating this with um, the rock cycle in science class. I'm so sorry, but you said earth and all I can think of was the earth. Well, first of all, I didn't say earth. <laughs> no, you said earth. What did you say? I said earth. Okay, that's how we say earth. But, you know, how these things are formed and where they come from. And, you know, for those of you who are still like, what? You, you remember back to, you know, sedimentary, igneous, and metamorphic like rocks. What is, hold on. That's what I was thinking. I was going to say stratosphere, but that's the wrong. That's the air. That's why I teach kindergarten. Um, But at one point. The staff, because it's a guided tour, like you go through this whole museum and everything, um, and it's not a huge museum, I mean, but it, it was a good size, and the staff approached us, and, and they, they were like, hey, look, can I ask you a question, you know, and like kind of pulled me off by myself, and I was like, oh man, one of my kids are about to get in trouble. The you, staff pulled you off to the side? Yeah, so I, I was thinking like one of the kids right. in the class like probably tried to take something or broke something or, right. you know, something of that nature. right. Um, but they, they pulled us off, they pulled me over to the side and they were like, Hey, look, we know you're a Christian school. Um, and they were like, would it be all right if we told the students the different, like how the rocks got their names and like, for instance, the ancient Greeks believed blood rubies were actually the blood of some God that they worshiped. And, And like, they had a whole story about like how this God was killed and, his blood stained the rock, and and so they were asking us, like, would we mind if the students, since we're a, a private Christian school, mm-hmm. would we mind if the if they told the students these stories? If they told them a, a fun story. Yeah, and and at first I appreciated the fact that they took the time to ask, right? Um, because not all people would be concerned if they offended you. No, right. You know, so it was really it was really really nice that they took the time to ask. Um, but what kind of bothered me is it, it really shows me that the church has decided to live in this bubble where anything that is outside of the bubble is dangerous and could possibly pierce the bubble. I was going to say is offensive. Yeah. Like like people going, I can't come to church because I'm not dressed up the right way. 
Like stuff like that? No, 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 no. Like, um, see, if you think about like the first church, like the, the first century church, you know, uh, Acts and, okay. you know, when the, when the church is first starting to take off, right? it was much different than what we see today. Because like the practically Christian today, mm. like they're afraid to offend people. So you can't take a stand for what you really believe. Right. You, do you say the whole, well, my belief is. Right, right. And, you know, I'm, I don't want to offend you, but I believe personally, and that's my personal faith and my personal walk, which I think is completely opposite of what the gospel is i'm sorry i cut you off go ahead no 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 like (laughs) later on in the book of acts paul and silas they they wind up in thessalonica which is a city in in ancient times say that again i like that name thessalonica i do i really like that i don't even know if i'm pronouncing it right that's the i've heard other pastors say that and thessalonica no i've heard thessalonica (laughs) i don't know where listen what that's like the earth the earth Keep going. Okay, we're going to get off tangent. So so they're in this city, and they actually get run out of the city, and, and they get run out of the city because they were, quote, turning the world upside down. Yes. And then Paul goes on, you know, in the same chapter, he goes to Athens, and, and he goes in front of the Athenians, who, if you're not familiar with Athenians. the Athenians. Huh? Athenians. That's what I said. You said Athenians. Athenians, Athenians. I've heard it both ways. You've not heard it both ways. He's lying. He hasn't heard it both ways. Um, but he goes on and he's talking to them. And these are the people that like, like they're genius. They really, they are the ones we can like credit for Like the Socrates school. and Aristotle's. And Plato, and not Plato. Right, Plato. <laughs> and no, I'm not pronouncing that incorrectly. Um, and he's, he's talking and he looks at all these statues, all these different gods and and they even have a statue to an unknown god. Yes. And Paul is like debating them and, and entering into that apologetic conversation. Yes. And he goes, that god over there, I know that god. And that's the, the god that's one. not made with human hands. Right. And, you know, and he goes on and on and on. Um, I love that story. But he's never at any point going, this might make people feel uncomfortable. Right, right. If you talk about your personal faith i don't you think know, it was this isn't gonna keep people you know sitting in the seats this isn't tides aren't gonna go up because of this right he's sitting here going i got a fire in my bones and i'm gonna go yes. tell the world about it yes and and somewhere along the lines what happens is is we get saved and we're really excited and we want to tell everyone we know about it right and then we we really it kind of simmers down not even simmers down i mean but like, you just get trapped in that mundane... The cycle. Yeah. Sunday morning service, worship three and a half songs, um, say a prayer, maybe take communion, do the I'm blessed and highly favored conversation with your fellow Christians, and then leave and wait till next Sunday to do it all over again. And then it stops right there. Right. You know, and, and if we're examining the practically Christian... I mean, most American, and, and I, I'm speaking in generalities here, right, obviously. No one, yeah. I'm not saying every single person out there. I'm not even, like, I'm speaking in generality. I know, that that's a new <laughs> word. That is a new word. You're speaking in general. Yes, just in general. You know, they go to church on Sunday, and they believe most of what the Bible says, and, you know, they, they believe Jesus is who Jesus said he was. and Did what he said he did. But they also believe it's the pastor's responsibility to do evangelism. Yes. It's the pastor's job to go tell everyone. Um, and, and most 
people I've talked to, like, they're even a little afraid to have these conversations. Because they go, what if they ask me a question and I can't answer it? That's okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and tell everybody a secret. As a pastor, people ask me questions sometimes that I can't just go, oh, here's the answer right here. Right. Like, sometimes I go, hey, look, that's a really good question, and let me research this, and let me find out about it, and then let me get back to you. It's a good way to reconnect with people and learn information yourself and do your due diligence to do solid research. You know how much I love research. Right. But this is because when, we, when push comes to shove, they really don't know why they believe what they believe. Which is real. I mean, it's, it's sad, and I know I walked around like that for a long time. And I can't speak for you, but I think you did too. Um, I kind of just believe because that's, I grew up and we were Christians and we went to church on Sundays and sometimes on Wednesdays and occasionally on Thursdays. But there was, I I really didn't do any follow-up. Right. And I think in the long run, this really kind of hurts the church because, you know, we go, all right, you, you had to say this little prayer and then you had to do this, then you had to do that. Now you need to come on Sundays, and then you need to give money. And then when that stuff doesn't seem to work because, like, something in that person's life went wrong. Right. Because, you know, we've, we've preached this whole time. If you, if you do what you're supposed to, God will do what he's supposed to. Right, like a barter system or, or you're trading. I'll, I'll do this, God, and you do that. Right. We have made this consumeristic yes. culture within church going, hey, God, I'm going to put you in debt. And... Right. And Psalms clearly tells us that, you know, no one can put God in their debt. Right. You know, and the question is, is what is killing the church in America? Like, because we constantly ask, what's in it for me? Right. Like, this is what it is. It's, It's become, I need to be fed. Can I interject and stop you for a second and... I would like to give an example of what I think the church today should look like. Are are you good with that? Okay. So in my class, I showed a video on Compassion International. And it was a video of kids that are homeless in other countries and they need food and water and all that stuff that we take for granted here. And I teach kindergarten in a room full of 21 five-year-olds. There were kids with tears in their eyes. And as soon as the video was over... One of them stood up and said, Miss Lively, we need to do something. And I said, okay, what would you like to do? And he said, we need to feed them. And that was it. And since then, I've gotten donations from parents, and we're going to put packs together to feed the homeless. There was no question on if it offended someone or anything. They just they saw a need, and they went, we have to fill it. And they're five. And I think that's where we lose focus in the church. Oh, absolutely. I mean... The question is always, what's in it for me? Right. You know, your friend comes to you and goes, hey, can you help me move this weekend? Well, yeah, but are you going to buy me lunch? What's in it? Right. What's in it for me? Your wife goes, hey, can you take out the trash or can you fix this or fix that? And, well, you going to make me dessert? Like, what are you going to do for me? Or your boss tells you to do something Mm. that's not specifically in your job description. Mm -hmm. And you're like, well, I better get out of classification pay. And... We spend our whole lives asking, what's in it for me? Right. God, I did this. Why aren't you doing that? And this is the opposite of what Jesus tells us to do. In Matthew 5, he says, you know, if someone slaps you on the left cheek, give them the right. And, right. And, you know, in, in 
if someone asks you to go with them one mile, go with them two. And Paul tells us in Romans 12, if your enemy is thirsty, give them a drink. Like, right. you know, all over scripture, we're taught to ask, how can we serve? Like, Not how what can, can I we serve get, you? right. And, you know, Jesus, you know, says in Matthew 20, 28, you know, the son of God or the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for many. I mean, if there is anyone in the history of the world that, that deserved to be served. That rhyme, deserve right. to be served. That's like a poem. It is Jesus. Yes. And yet he goes, no, I came so that I could give my life. Give. Like. Right. You know, we not talk get about, back. We talk about this a lot with the hashtag love is a verb. You know, love is something we do and, and it's not a feeling we have. So can you fall out of love? No. no. You can stop caring. Yes. But you can't fall out of love because love is something you do. And, and we get that from 1 Corinthians 13, you know. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love never boasts. It keeps no record of wrongdoing and, and so on and so on and so on. But in the end, if, if you love someone, you're going to do for that person. And you're not just going to do something for them. You're going to do it with a well-intended heart. It's going to be a clean heart. It's not going to be with an anticipation of getting something in return. Because I do think a lot of times people go out and do stuff in anticipation, even if it's a quiet anticipation, that they're going to get something in return. So when you put yourself out there... You do it without the intention of getting something back. Kind of, we've talked about it. Like if that movie, A Bronx Tale. Remember when that guy took the twenty dollars? For the record, I've never seen The Bronx Tale. Oh, I have. So in A Bronx Tale, this <laughs> stop it. That's West Side Story. So in A Bronx Tale, um, this guy borrows twenty dollars from somebody else. Is this another dance fighting? No. Movie? And then he goes chasing him down the street, and then his mentor, not saying he's a good mentor, says to him, "What are you doing?" And he says. I'm going to beat him with a bat until he gives me my money back. And he said, don't look at it like you need to get something back, but it costs you $20 to get rid of him. I'm not saying that we should be saying that's going to get rid of people. We need to get rid of people, but don't give waiting to get. Does that make sense? Did I even make sense saying that? I know it made sense in my head. <laughs> I'm still sitting here picturing the jets and the sharks. sharks. Is that not the right movie? Never stop saying Maria. Is that all the same movie? Yes. No, Bronx Tale and a yeah. West Side Story. No, no, no. But no, you're right in what you're saying. I mean, we <laughs> shouldn't give expecting to get back. Right. That's not what Jesus did. Jesus didn't go, "Hey, I'm gonna give you my life now. You do this." I don't even think my analogy made sense as I started saying it. I hope you guys get it. There's a lot of stuff you say that doesn't make sense, and I know it when you start saying it. What? You can't make faces like... I made a face. People can't see. Sorry. Her face looked like this. <gasps> so, again, people can't see what we're doing. Whatever. We'll do a podcast live one day. Oh, that would be awesome. That would be awesome. But anyway, and, and getting back to what we were saying, like, somewhere along the lines, we've lost the ability, as as First Peter 3 tells us, you know, to be prepared to make a defense to others. And the reason is, is because I don't think that in the end we believe what we say we believe. Right. Ooh. You know, because if you really believe and you really love Jesus, right. that's going to cause you... To do something. Right. And and it's going to cause you to do something more than just give up, you know, an hour, an hour and a half, one On day Sundays, a week. Sundays, right. Or Saturdays, whatever. Or or even if you only go to midweek service. like <clears throat> Right. 
you know, and, and by all means, I'm not saying that, like, you going stop to church that, is right. what saves you. No. Like, but again. Or that you should stop doing that. You should, I mean, you need but, to do that. But just like last weekend and the analogy we gave with, with working out, if you want to work, you want to get stronger, you have to go to the gym. True story. Like, I lay around all the time and I am not getting stronger. Debbie goes to the gym every morning and she's getting stronger. Not stronger than me, but she's still getting stronger. I don't know. If I keep at it and he keeps not going, I might get stronger than him. No. no actually, I don't think I ever could. No, it's called genetics. I know. But what I'm getting <laughs> at, more importantly, is is when you surround yourself with, with brothers and sisters in Christ and, and you go, you know, I really want to know why I believe. Like, I run into people all the time who go, I just want to know what the Bible has to say. And I go, well, when was the last time you picked it up? Right. When was the last time you read through it? When was the last time you went to someone who knew more than you do? I know, like, that's the unforgivable sin, that someone could know more than someone else. Oh, God forbid. But when was the last time you went to someone who knows more than you did and went, hey, look, I have this question. Right. Like, can you help me with this? I don't fully understand that. I was reading this, and this came up. Like, we don't do stuff like that anymore. We go, no, I'm happy with where I'm at. I'm content with where I'm at. And I don't need to know anything else. Right. And there's a saying that if you you stop growing, when you stop. Look, I'm going to go ahead and quote <laughs> Shawshank on this one. Either get busy living or get busy dying. I don't even know what that means. It means either grow or die. Oh, okay. I like it. Like, quit playing the half in, half out game. Actually, that's a really good quote. It's from Shawshank. I can't take Shawshank Redemption. I never saw the movie. Well, it's up there with the Bronx Tale. It's not one of my favorites. <laughs> but, I mean, and it all goes back to, like, stop living in this little bubble. Like, Get out there. Have conversations. Right. Talk to people. People are going to get offended. It's okay as long as you're not going out of your way to be offensive. And, and Jesus didn't just go to, like, the Christians. And the gospel is going to be offensive in some cases. I know with me it can be. That rhyme too. Yeah, and and we'll get into that. That's in a whole other podcast. Yeah. So, because I can see like time's running out here. Yeah, like I'm getting the light flash. We don't have a light. No, nothing's flashing. I blink really fast <laughs> and the light flash. Okay, you've got so, to stop. <laughs> until next week, I challenge you: find one thing you don't know. Find one thing that you're not like familiar with. If if you want a list, okay, here. Uh, the Shekinah. No. No? Soteriology, eschatology, Christology. Apologetics. Um, what is it? How do you use it? Are you saying the I'm sorry? The problem with evil. I don't know why. Evil. <laughs> anyway, find one thing you don't know and research it. Dig into it. Find people who know more Ask about you. Ask questions, email, text, you know, uh, message. Go, go deeper. So until next week, I hope you do. I hope you find something. And keep running the race set before you. And we love you. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to Practically Christian Podcast. Please rate, comment, and share because we cannot do this without all of your love and support. For more information, go to sent.church. Until next week, keep running the race set before you. And we love you.